Instead of calling or texting, hey, how are you? Because, um, you know, it's just by default. We say, I'm good, how are you? <laughs> Side note, it is 1-11 as I'm starting this podcast. Okay, I swear up and down I don't plan this. It just happens. Because I these podcasts are really fun for me, but I don't know. Having a conversation with yourself is a lot more difficult than I thought, so grounding myself and getting prepared to sit and record is not easy for me but it seems that the universe is telling me that I need to do this because through synchronicity they are showing me that hey you're on the right track 111 222 333 that's always when I seem to sit down and start recording these so hi universe I see you have you guys been receiving any messages from the universe lately numbers on taxis, billboards, license plates, Instagram, rainbows maybe. I see rainbows everywhere. I still can't believe that I see rainbows in winter in Colorado. I've seen two or three since I've moved here. Maybe even more. Isn't that wild? And I moved here in November. And as I record this, it's February 27th. Almost through winter. I don't know about you guys, but Damn, my cabin fever is bad. <laughs> I'm so antsy to just get outside and be in nature and not, you know, be wearing seven layers just to go sit outside. <laughs> and Colorado is dry cold, so ugh, my nose always feels so uncomfortable. But it's okay. It's almost over, and something tells me that I am in for such a treat that I get to experience summer here in Colorado can't imagine how beautiful it's going to be. Just looking at photos is like, what? All those wildflowers and thunderstorms. There are cars covered in hail marks. Okay, I'm getting way off track, but I'm just so excited for somewhere out here. But this episode, I really want to talk about anxiety, depression, panic attacks. I want to talk about mental health because I know that the planetary energy in this last week was really tough for a lot of people, especially women and especially empaths. So right now we have a rise of feminine energy taking place. The masculine is taking a step down, the feminine is taking a step up. So women, we can feel it. We, are, we know that we are being called to lift humanity, to heal Mother Earth and we got to take action. And recently, there was something like all of the planets, or 90% of them, were in Pisces. It's Pisces season right now, but all of our planets were Venus, Mars, Mercury, Jupiter. They were all in Pisces for a quick minute, <laughs> including the moon. So we were just feeling, literally and physically, drowning through water. It was too much water in the cosmos. And a lot of people felt like they couldn't breathe. I literally had people come to me and tell me, I think I'm developing asthma out of the blue because I can't breathe. People are having severe panic attacks again. People are just feeling out of it. They're feeling very lost, disoriented, confused. When just last week, they 
had their goals lined up and prepared and knew exactly what they wanted to work for and strive for and manifest. But then this week, they were thinking, with this Pisces energy, their vision was clouded. They were underwater. They couldn't hear, see, breathe. They were lost. And I'm happy to say that the planets have now moved out of that and the moon is in Leo, so we can take charge of our dreams. Well, it's in Leo as of today, Tuesday, February 27th, but it goes into Virgo, I think, tomorrow. Which is another good sign of getting shit done and heading towards your dreams, being organized. So, phew, I was feeling it. At first, I thought I was the only one. I just thought, okay, maybe it's just me. Um, no. I, if I had a dollar for every person that reached out to me saying, help, I'm dying over here. I have no motivation to do anything and my anxiety is through the roof. I'd be rich. <laughs> so if that was you, just know it's over and you're just being affected by the planets and the energies and the collective energy. Once a handful of people feel it, other light workers and empaths, they're going to pick up on it too and feel it just as well no matter what. So you guys, we're in this together. And this is why it is so important that you chase after your dreams and you make decisions that will fulfill you, even if they might upset someone else. Hang on, there's a helicopter flying over. Golly, you guys. I get, I'm not going to lie, I'm a very optimistic person. I don't get mad easy, but damn, I try to record my podcast so much, so, I, so many times, but my dog starts crying or barking airplanes fly over i swear the maintenance guys know when i hit record on my podcast because they're like well i'm gonna go drill holes outside (laughs) maybe i manifest that maybe i'm bringing it in because i'm nervous and i feel like i can't do it so the universe hears that in my subconscious and says you're nervous and you can't do it okay we'll give you that here's this distraction here's that distraction here's this here's that you see how it works okay that's exactly what's going on for me i just In my subconscious, I'm like, I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm saying. I sound like a fool. Universe delivers. They hear that and they deliver. So that's something I got to work on myself. But um, as I was saying before the helicopter flew over, um, yeah, this Pisces energy was so intense. I felt bad for so many of my close friends who were feeling it greatly and just losing their shit. That's a good way to say it. We were all losing our shit. I'm feeling very lost. Not on our soul path. We can no longer see it. It's like last week I saw my soul path, my divine purpose in life, clear as day. Not a cloud in the sky. These past few days, it was literally like I had a black blindfold over my eyes and I was submerged in the ocean. Very weird. But... Acknowledge the wave and then roll with it because it never lasts forever. I was reading on how to deal with a lot of water energy. Pisces sign is in the water. And they say take a bath, go swimming, wade through the ocean or through a lake. Be creative. Write, journal, read, watch movies. Listen to music. So that's what I did. And I felt so much better. Like yesterday was the last day of this crazy energy and I just... I was like, you know what, work, I'm not going to get any much done, so I'm just going to watch movies, I'm going to read, I'm going to journal, I'm going to write my second book, and I survived. I could still feel the energy in the back of my mind. It would definitely creep in when my mind wasn't focused on my creative project, but it's over. I could feel it by the end of the night. I was like, I feel a lot lighter, like I can finally take a deep breath. 
story of being light workers. It's not easy, guys, but it's what we signed up to do before we reincarnated on this planet in this current life. So we knew we could do it and we knew we could survive. Otherwise, we wouldn't have signed up for it. Please always remember that. So let's talk about anxiety and depression and mental health. Because as an empath, you pick up all the energies around you. And right now, there is a lot of negativity in our communities and we're picking up on it. And whether it's our true nature or not, it's affecting us and turning us into a fear-based soul. So we have got to have tools in our tool belts to pull out and both protect us from absorbing these energies, but also to heal them and get rid of them and really understand that it's not who we truly are at our core. It's just something we're taking on in the current moment. So before I dive in, I'm going to put my health coach hat on too while also being a fellow light worker. So we're going to touch on both ways to heal mental health. The diet, the lifestyle, and the spirit. Me personally, yes, if you're listening to this and you might be thinking, this girl's so optimistic and happy all the time, she doesn't know what anxiety or depression is like. <laughs> I hide it well. I hide it really well, which may or may not be a good thing. Um, I think I've had anxiety all of my life when I reflect back on it. I love being social. I love to be around funny, fun people, but I always needed my time alone to recharge my batteries. Sleepovers, like from a young age, I did not like them. I loved staying at my friend's house and like staying up all night and partying and having fun, but when it came time for grounding and going to bed and relaxing, I couldn't do it. I always, always, always wanted to go home. <laughs> my first sleepover, I think I was like seven. I called my mom, oh my gosh, I just couldn't do it. When we sat down with my friends, I don't even remember her name, it was so weird. When we sat down to have dinner with her family, it just freaked me out. And I had like a little panic attack and I called my mom saying, come get me. Her and my brother showed up. My brother was sitting in the back of the van with a huge bowl of popcorn. I was like, ah, oh, I'm back with my tribe. I feel so much better. And then high school, I was bullied and it was fun, but it was also hell. I don't know how I survived in high school, to be honest. I think I just blocked it out. Or I had my light worker energy in the back of my mind, subconsciously hanging out like, hey, this is just a chapter in life. It's going to be over soon, and you are going to move on to such big things. So just get through it, and you will be rewarded. And I was. It was strange. You know, my intuition just knew it. So in high school, I wasn't severely depressed or going through anxiety. College, towards the end of college, it got really bad. First two years of college were fantastic. But towards the end there... I remember I finally caved and was like, I think I need help. So I did what any person thinks they need to do when they're having anxiety symptoms. <laughs> Jeff dropped his bone. <laughs> so my anxiety symptoms in college, I started to get red rashes and red hives on my neck and my chest. I mean, they looked painful and itchy and yeah, they would, some, they would creep all the way up the side of my face, around my jawline, my neck, my chest. And it was only when I would feel severe anxiety. And I remember thinking, presentations, public speaking, this never gave me anxiety. I never 
It made me a little nervous, but it never made me crippled with anxiety like it is right now. And then after the rashes, I just accepted them as something that I was developed. Sorry, Jeff is trying to play with me right now. But how I knew that I needed to seek help is I started to not be able to breathe. I had such a tight chest, could not take that solid breath. And then I couldn't focus on my studies and it was just really, really rough. And I think what made that come on is that my senior year of college, my brother had a seizure. And I think I've spoken about this in a previous episode, but I was the only one there to see it. I had never seen a seizure before and I was convinced he was dead. that I was holding my dead brother, blue skin, foam in the mouth, eyes rolled back white. I was holding my dead brother. And that kind of scarred me and provided me with some lovely post-traumatic stress disorder. And from then on out is when I started developing the rashes, when I would get a little worried. And then the shortness of breath. And I was like, okay, I think I need to seek some help. So I went to my doctor, my primary care doctor, and said, I think I'm having anxiety. And it was a conversation that lasted probably 30 seconds tops. As soon as I just said, I have rashes when I get nervous and I have shortness of breath. She was like, oh, okay, here's your um, prescription for anti-anxiety medication. Let me know if it grows into depression and we'll get you some antidepressants. (laughs) It kills me to say this as a holistic health coach now that I'm awakened and I know better. But back then I didn't, so I was like, okay, thank you. Went to the drugstore, got my prescription, went home and was feeling a little nervous because anytime I'm around my brother, I was just on edge. Like, is he going to have another seizure? Is, am I going to watch him die again? Constantly on edge. Any sound in the house would make me think that he fell and had another seizure. It was really, really rough. I feel bad for myself. But I took my anti-anxiety meds and I something inside was ringing the alarm and said, don't take a whole pill. So I cut the pill in half and I took half. I wish I remember, I don't know, it was some generic brand of anti-anxiety medication. I don't remember what it was called. But I cut it in half and even though it was super, super tiny, I was like, I'm not even gonna feel anything, but oh well, let's see what happens. Holy shit, you guys. I think my body is just super sensitive to these chemical concoctions Big Pharma comes up with. Because I took this half of an anti-anxiety medication and I, First of all, it made my anxiety a hundred times worse, a level I didn't think possible, because all of a sudden the room started spinning, and it wouldn't stop, and it just got faster and faster, and my heart started to race. I couldn't control it. Usually I can breathe, try to breathe and count and talk myself out of it, but I couldn't. I totally felt like an out-of-body, out-of-control experience, and I was like, I'm going to die. Oh, it was so scary. So I just sat in the corner of my room and covered my eyes, even though I could still feel my body spinning as if it were on a really fast carousel. And I just started crying. I was so angry that I had anxiety because I never had it this bad before. And I was so scared and I felt toxic after taking that small little pill. Oh man, I took that bottle and I fucking tossed that shit in the trash. I was like... Never again. I will find another way. Never again. I don't know if that's just an isolated experience because I know some people who take them daily and have great results, but not me. 
Uh, I use cannabis now for my anxiety because it still creeps up every now and again, and that works like a charm, like a charm. No side effects, not toxic. It's actually helping and healing my body rather than poisoning it. And cannabis actually, especially CBD oil, it repairs and rewires the nervous system versus an anti-anxiety or antidepressant. That's just putting a mask on your symptoms. So if you're taking that for years, all of a sudden you stop, your anxiety is going to flare up probably super bad because it's been growing and growing and not healing. We'll get into more of that later. So that was my experience with anxiety. But um, once I got married and moved away from my home state of New Hampshire, my anxiety got even worse. But I also developed depression. Uh, my first few months of being married were awful. Just awful. I was so lost, confused, scared. And I don't know if it was just a milestone of growing up and you move away from home and it's all of a sudden it's like, wow, I really got to pay my own bills and cook for myself and go get my mail and go grocery shopping by myself. And I don't know if it was, it was a combination of that and being married before I was ready to be having my first own place, even though in college I had apartments or dorms, but this was like my own with my husband and pets and yikes and then I was a work at home job so I never got to go out and socialize and make friends to help me feel better I was just alone it was really really tough and I would just have mental breakdowns every single day every single day and then I finally was like you know what I think I'm going to try therapy which, let me circle back to high school. I tried to go to a counselor or a therapist once because my mom thought it would be a good idea. Oh, speaking of my mom, she's calling. Hold on. Sorry about that. But yes, so as a family, we tried therapy individually. And I remember as soon as I got to the therapist, she didn't even really look me in the eye. And her office just felt uncomfortable. You know, like, like going to a doctor. You feel like it's a... I don't know, an appointment. You don't feel comfortable. And I can only say this because I've worked with naturopaths and acupuncturists and massage therapists, and it's a completely different experience. So, yeah, I walked into this therapist's office, and she really didn't even ask me much. But within five minutes, she was just writing a prescription for anti-anxiety, antidepressants. And I was like, you don't even, do you even know my last name? <laughs> no, but... I gotta say, therapy is the most wonderful thing if you can find the right counselor. It took me a few times to find one that I really connected with, but I found her website when I lived in Fort Mill, South Carolina, and I went to see her, and just from reading her bio and seeing her picture, I was just like, I just know that her and I are gonna be wonderful together, and we were. I went to see her every Monday for about a year, and I was the best ever. I would get up and it, I would go before I went to work and I would get coffee at Starbucks and say hi to my favorite baristas and then I would go see her and I was just so happy and I loved her. It was awesome. What was interesting about her is that she didn't really ask me any questions. She would ask one question at the beginning of the session and then we, there were so many awkward silences. And at first I was like, why is she doing this? She's not doing anything to help me. But as a coach now, I understand that these awkward silences 
force you to speak and say something. And usually it's something that's really deep within your subconscious that needs to be spoken and released and removed from your body. So it really, really helped. Highly suggest therapy. I wish that everyone was forced to go to a therapy session once a month just as a check-in. Hey, how you doing? You know how you go to your um, PCP, your primary care physician, once a year just to get a checkup? What about our mental health? That's a huge component of our well-being, physical well-being too. I think everyone should have mental health checkups every month. Shit, I wish I could go every week. <laughs> but anyway, that really helps with anxiety and depression. Find the right counselor that you vibe with and you mesh with and your life is going to change. So as a holistic health coach, I've found in my experience that people don't, they know how to eat well, they know they need to exercise, but they don't. So our sessions usually revolve around what is your most cherished memory to date? Just that question alone spirals into our hour-long session together and so many emotions are released, so many things get talked about, so many things get worked out. It's... It's amazing. And then I also flip it and ask the question, what is your worst memory to date? That one brings the tears and the hugs and the anger, the jealousy, the resentment. That's a very powerful question. But imagine that. Imagine if you were just hanging out with your friends or your friend and they said, what is your worst memory ever? What would you say? Think about it. What would you say? I love to ask my clients, what did you love to do as a child? I think I spoke about this in an episode when you are stuck in life and don't know what your passion is anymore. Ask yourself, what did you love to do as a child? Therein lies your sole purpose, what you should be doing in this lifetime. I was listening to another podcast the other day where they talked about how pure our energy is and how unconditioned we are up until age six or seven when we start first grade and now you know it's all about grades and school and studying things that we don't really care about but we're forced to learn it and take tests on it and memorize it and all of a sudden our passions and what we truly love go flying out the window you know you guys see those articles floating around that's like you want to learn what's important in life go have a conversation with an 80 year old or a five-year-old it's true. By the time you've reached that old age, you finally realize that none of this bullshit we were conditioned to believe is important matters at all. And then to a five-year-old, life is still so cut and dry and easy and wonderful. And, you know, that's the way life should be. So go ask them questions about life. You know what? That's my next therapist is five-year-old. <laughs> I'm going to go see them and just talk about my life and get their advice. That would be a really good podcast episode. If anybody out there listening has like a, a five-year-old that wants to come on the podcast and answer some questions, that'd be great. <laughs> but anxiety and depression, this falls into, you know, we're forced to study things, we're forced to learn things. We get trapped in the matrix and the rat race and we forget who we are and what we love and then comes anxiety and depression. Let me pull up my phone here because I just posted this quote on Instagram at Lightworkers Lounge, if you want to follow us. Okay. Yeah, here it is. Ready? 
The quote is, Jim Carrey said that depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of being the character you're trying to play. Depression is your avatar telling you it's tired of being the character you're trying to play. I resonate with that so deeply. Because, oh, I never finished my story, but 2016, November. Oh, wait, it was October or November of 2016. Mitch and I went to a coding class at an iTunes store. If you don't know it, um... Apple stores, an iTunes store, Apple stores, they have free classes. When you are a small business, they'll teach you how to code, they'll teach you how to build graphics and websites. It's awesome, and it's all free when you buy a product from them, so highly suggest it. But October 2016, Mitch and I show up to this class, and I'm so excited to learn coding because I love technology, and I want to be up to speed with all this new stuff. So we get into the class, and we sit down at the table, and you know, if you've been in an Apple store, they've got all these big wooden tables spread out, and it's, I don't know about you, but every Apple store I've ever been in is crowded anytime. It could be like Wednesday at 11 a.m. It's swamped, and this particular one down in Charleston was on a very busy tourist street, so not only was it local, but it was tourist as well. It was just swamped, like shoulder to shoulder, loud music playing like you were in Hollister or something and I don't know I was just sitting at the table and watching the instructor get his laptop up and I brought my own iPad to follow along and I was just pulling mine up and I if you've ever had a panic attack then you know what I'm trying to say but if you hadn't I'm going to try my best to explain I was sitting there and then all of a sudden it felt like the floor beneath me was caving in and I was slowly about to drop really fast. And then the noise, the loud music playing overhead and the sound of people speaking and laughing, it started to go faint as if someone was slowly putting cotton in my ears. And then this freaked me out because I thought, uh, what's gonna happen? But you gotta remember, I've told you my brother has epilepsy and I had that nightmare experience of holding him during his first grand mal seizure. Well, my first thought when these weird sensations started to happen is, holy shit, I'm gonna have a seizure. I'm about to have a grand mal seizure right in the middle of the store and then I'm gonna die. So that thought alone just spiraled into a full-blown panic attack. And it, it feels like I'm falling, even though I'm sitting or I'm standing. And it literally feels like the sky is at my feet and my world is turned upside down. It's fucking terrifying. Terrifying. So what I did is I just, I said, I gotta go. I jumped up and I ran to the bathroom out back and I just started practicing deep breaths. I splashed cold water on my face. I put cold water on my neck because... My face was pale, but my chest and my neck were burning red like it was sunburned. It's so amazing how quick the body can react to stress. Stress physically affects us. But anyway, I'll get more into that later too. So I'm in this Apple Store bathroom looking in the mirror like, who am I? Why? What is this? This is not who I am. Where is the optimistic, happy-go-lucky girl who's healthy and grounded and level. I was so upset and I was like, okay, Steph, you got this, you got this. You were so excited for this class. Just stop drinking your coffee that's back on the table. That'll help um, get some water and you'll be fine. 
So I compose myself and I make my way back to the table, but as I'm shuffling through the crowd of people as if I was at some packed concert, I was like, it all started to come back. And I was like, how am I supposed to focus on learning coding? You know, something that's really difficult for a left-brained person to learn. How am I supposed to learn this when I can barely hear him over the music and all the people talking? It was just sensory overload. That's a really good way to put it. My senses were on fire. They exploded between hearing too much. It was hot in there. I, I couldn't focus on his screen and mine and all the people moving around me at the same time. Plus, my back was to the window, and I get claustrophobic, so if I can see a way out of somewhere, I'll feel a lot better. So I couldn't see it because, you know, Apple stores don't have windows besides for the front door. Whew, it was just intense, and that was really my first severe panic attack to where I was like, I can't do this. Yeah, I went back to the table, and I tried to focus but the senses and the feeling of falling and spinning and losing my shit just came right back. So I, I sat there and I was trying to fight it so hard, like yelling at myself in my brain, like, no, no, no. That tears just pooled out of my eyes and I was wiping them away while trying to take notes on coding. And the instructor said, are you okay? And as soon as he asked me if I was okay, I could see he was genuinely worried on his face and that just spiraled me into a full breakdown so I was like yeah I'm fine and I just grabbed uh, the keys to my car and I grabbed my notebook and I just ran out (laughs) so embarrassing but if you've ever experienced this you know how tough it is and um so I just sat in my car Mitch stayed in the class I told him to But I just sat in my car. I think I called my mom and said, I have panic attacks. Why me? I was so upset. And she felt bad. And I was so angry afterwards. I was angry at myself for not being strong enough to beat it. And I was angry at the universe for giving me this. I was just like, fuck this. It was so mad. And then, of course, it turned into fear once I calmed down from that. Like, oh, my God, is this the rest of my life? Is this how the rest of my life is going to (sighs) be? I wish I could say it got better after that. But the month of November 2016 was the worst month of my life. Uh, I couldn't drive for the whole month um, because I I would just be driving down the road and the sensation of falling, like my car was falling in a sinkhole or that I was on a roller coaster and dropping, Oh, it was so, so scary. And especially on roads where I didn't have anywhere to pull over. Because Charleston, there's lots of bridges crossing marshes. And I was like, holy shit. What if I freak out and have a seizure or a panic attack while I'm driving and there's nowhere to pull over? I'm going to die. I'm going to die. It was awful. Man, my anxiety just spiraled. I think there's a word for it. Agoraphobia, I think it's called. When you have your first panic attack and then you're scared to go anywhere out of fear that you'll have another one in public or while driving. Yep, I definitely got that. I mean, I had before I would drive anywhere because obviously I still had to run errands and get groceries and do things like that. Like go to the beach. I was so excited to move to Charleston because I had the beach five minutes down the road. And the fact that I couldn't even drive there was just like, well, I hate my life. And I kind of say that with sarcasm, but, um, yeah, I've had times where I told Mitch, I don't want to live anymore. I mean, my brother's got, he's, he's struggling and my mom's a single parent trying to help him. And if 
felt bad for her. I felt bad for my brother. I felt bad for myself. I felt terrible that I couldn't be the best wife that I could be to Mitch. I couldn't show him the love that he deserved because I couldn't even show it to myself. I was trying, I was putting all of my energy into myself. My cat had diabetes, which if you know what it's like to take care of a human or an animal with diabetes, it is a 24-7 around-the-clock job. And it's so sad to watch them watch them suffer from it so that was awful that was my morning noon and night seeing my beloved soulmate cat suffering from low blood sugar not know every morning I would wake up and say is this the morning I find her dead and every time my mom would call me to just check on me I would say oh my god she's gonna call me in tears because my brother's she's holding my brother covered in blood because he fell down the stairs having a seizure I mean life was really 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 tough and then that same month was you know, we were speaking about collective energy at the beginning of this podcast. That same month, November 2016, was the elections. And I don't know about you, but waking up the morning of, what was it, November 9th, finding out who won the election, that was some heavy energy. I couldn't sleep all that night. And I'll be the first to admit I didn't vote. I vote with my dollar. So don't yell at me. Don't judge me. That's just what I do. But... I, could, I couldn't sleep all night just picking up on collective energies. And it was just so tough. And then being on social media, seeing and feeling how sad and awful some people felt and how mean some people were being towards the party that lost. It was just, oh my God, it was way, way, way too much. So the panic continued. The fear continued. I'll never forget, like, working. I still worked from home for the the health insurance company and sometimes Mitch would come in to just talk and tell me about his day and I I could look at him but I couldn't hear him and then I would just start to freak out and just lay on the floor because I was so dizzy and felt like I was falling and I couldn't process what he was saying man my brain was just so scrambled and it was so scary and I'll never forget um I used to consume edibles with cannabis in them because indica-based ones really, really helped my nerves calm down and would help me sleep and help me relax and be able to breathe. Remember I said when I have anxiety, my chest gets tight and I can't take a full breath. Well, indica, that's a strain of marijuana, best used for anxiety. Indica edibles would really help me. So one day, Mitch was at work and I was working and I was working overtime. I was really exhausted. I was stressed with the busy season at work. And I was like, you know what? I could really use an edible right now. So I went downstairs and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I saw my, my cat looked so sick and I just spiraled into full-blown, like, I fucking hate my life. I'm so miserable. So I opened the freezer to grab an edible. And typically with a brownie edible, if you're a lightweight and I'm only 5'2", 120 pounds, you should not eat a lot at all. <laughs> Um, typically I take a nibble, a corner of a brownie, and I'm good. I, you know, I can still function, I can still work, but something happened that day. I ate half the brownie, even though it was a small one. I was like, okay, I'm just going to get knocked out and probably pass out at 7 p.m. and sleep till 8 a.m. I'm cool with that because I was having such a shitty day. Well, I took this large bite of the brownie, and all usually with edibles, you can't taste cannabis at all. It tastes like a delicious brownie or cookie or chocolate, whatever you have. 
but this time it tasted like a mouthful of weed. It was disgusting, but I, in my, you know, upset, panic-ridden mind, I was like, good, oh yeah, this is a good dose. You know, kind of like taking a shot of whiskey or vodka. You're like, you make that face of, woo, but you're like, oh yeah, this is gonna be fun. That's how I felt about this edible. So I eat it, and then I go back upstairs and start working on my computer. Oh my God, you guys. First, I start to feel calm, and my muscles all feel very relaxed. So I was like, ah, much better. Then, I'm typing to a coworker, and my screen starts melting. <laughs> melting, okay? like, And I could just feel my eyes getting droopy, kind of like my face was melting too. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, oh God. So I'm like, oh my God, I still have like 37 minutes left of work. Uh, what the fuck? So I keep trying to work and I don't know how. Willpower, man, the power of the brain is strong, but I keep trying to work and I got my shift done. But when I turned off my computer, I turned around in my swivel chair and went to get up and I collapsed. Like I, my legs were numb. And I was like, oh my fucking God. What did I do to myself? I was very new to the cannabis world, so I didn't know what um, eating too much edibles can do to you and how quick. But um, I just thought I was having a severe panic attack or I was going to have a seizure. So I crawled into my bedroom across the hallway and I lifted myself up with my arms onto the bed. And I remember laying there with the glow of my salt lamps on the wall. And I just looked up and I said, this is it. I'm going to have a seizure. Here it goes. And I, I almost manifested one, I swear, because as soon as I said, here it goes, I felt my veins turn to fire and I felt it all move up into my head. And it felt like I was wearing wires all over my skull and they were just on fire. Like there was a crown or a halo of fire wrapped around the crown of my head. And I was just like, here it goes, here it goes. This is what it must feel like. And you know, it's sad because I don't have epilepsy. I've never had a seizure and I never will. It's just post-traumatic stress. And I later learned on, learned, see, I was almost going to edit this out, but I almost, I just got that feeling again of fainting or falling. <sighs> that was scary. And I think it's because when I tell stories, I go back to reliving them so I can tell them in detail. <sighs> I'm not going to edit this out because this is the reality of mental health. So I always thought I was going to have a seizure because that's what I knew. That's what I've seen. That's what I've witnessed. That's, what, that's what's engraved in my memory. So that's what I always thought I was going to have because they're so scary. And I was scared I would always have one. I later learned that if I would have seen my brother have a heart attack or if I would have seen him have a stroke, then every time I had these instances, I would have thought I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm going to have a stroke. 
there's so many wonderful communities and message boards of people who will share with you that, like, I remember one girl shared that she saw her dad have a heart attack when she was a teenager, and it scarred her for life, and she developed anxiety. And every time she would feel a string of anxiety, she would think, I'm going to have a heart attack, I'm going to have a heart attack. When in reality, of course she wasn't. She was just feeling the fear of that hidden emotion that she had yet to release and acknowledge. So I did. I was laying in bed, and I felt that fire around my head, and I thought, this is it. Here I go. I'm going to have my first seizure. But I didn't. I didn't have a seizure. Instead, I, I laid there until the fire went away, and I got up. And my legs were super heavy, but they weren't numb anymore. So I, <laughs> it was kind of funny, but I like bent down, kind of like when you're walking on a really, like a waterbed or a boat or a cruise ship that's on waves, you know, like that. I was walking around the house like that. How I got downstairs, I have no idea, but I just wanted to get some water because I was like, I got to flush this shit out of my system now. <laughs> So I went downstairs and I got some water out of the fridge and I'm drinking it. I just fall against the fridge and I'm drinking water like, and it's falling out of my mouth because my face is so numb. <laughs> this is such a nasty picture to paint for you guys, but it's reality. And I think it's, you know, people, some people need to hear it. Um, how I managed to call Mitch, I don't know, but I did. I grabbed my phone and he answers, because I never call him during the day. So I think he kind of knew something was up. So he's like, hello, you, you okay? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm dying. You need to come home. He's like, what's wrong? What happened? I said, I ate half of a brownie. <laughs> and he, I think he giggled a little bit and was like, okay, because he's done cannabis before in high school and stuff. So he knows. But I didn't. But, um... So the numb, the numbing kind of went away, but the panic and fear in my brain was just spiraling out of control. Like usually with indica, it stops your thoughts from racing and it really helps you focus on one thing at a time. But what I didn't know is that I actually took sativa, which if you have anxiety, do not recommend you ever go near sativa. Sativa is what a lot of creatives use to be creative. They want their mind to be churning and going and moving a mile a minute. Not when you have anxiety. You don't need any help with that. So that's what I took. A very, very condensed version of it with no indica at all. Whoops. So after the numbness and the heaviness went away, my thoughts started going out of control. I don't know how to put this into words, but it was literally like someone, like my brain was a computer and someone hijacked it and it was just going boom, boom, boom firing off wouldn't stop and I had zero control over it so terrifying so I tell him to come home and he's he hangs up and like all right I'm on my way and then my heart starts racing and I start dripping sweat down my chest and um on my temples my palms and so I get to the top of the stairs and I look in our mirror that was sitting up there and my face is green as a Colorado forest <laughs> it's like Oh my God. You know, it's sad, but I was as green as my brother when I held him during his seizure and he didn't have a heartbeat. So I thought, wow, uh, my heart's beating so fast right now that it's just going to stop. So if I don't have a seizure, I'm just going to have a heart attack and die. Oh my gosh. And after that, 
I gave myself more anxiety. So just when I thought my heartbeat couldn't increase anymore, it does. And I just remember being like, I can't control these thoughts. I can't control my racing heart. I'm just going to lay here and die. And thankfully, (laughs) thanks to yoga classes, I know that to get blood to your brain, because I just assumed that I had a green pale face because I wasn't getting circulation to my head, lay down against a wall and put your feet, put your legs up against the wall and just lay there. So all the blood from your legs flows down into your chest and your brain. So I I opened our closet door that was at the top of the stairs next to the mirror and I grabbed my lavender essential oil. (laughs) You guys, I'm not kidding. I was like, okay, I need something to stop my heart from going 100 beats per second. So I just, I poured the entire bottle on my chest and my arms and I just rubbed it in like lotion. (laughs) Not gonna lie, it helped a lot. I was finally able to take a deep breath and go, Okay, but then my body started convulsing because my heart was beating so fast and my anxiety was so bad that I was convulsing, like a seizure kind of. But I just sat there and I I was like, Mitch is going to see me dead. He's going to come home to a dead body. I'm so sorry. And I just stared out the window and listened to birds. <laughs> I was like, well, this isn't a bad memory for my last memory. I was convinced I was going to die. It was terrible. But uh, yeah, so Mitch came home. He's like, he ran me a bath and he was like, let's just keep drinking lots of water to flush this out of your system. He's like, you're just having a bad trip. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. I think it's a combination of a bad trip plus severe anxiety. And it was. But ever since then, I, you know, I continued to have some panic attacks and Thanksgiving came later that month and it was beautiful out. It was like sunny and 75 that day, so... Mitch, he's very good at cooking, so he was cooking our dinner, and I decided to go hang out at the beach and read a book and just relax for the day, but I just, I get nervous. Mitch drove me because I still couldn't drive, and as I get there, I wave bye to him. I say, I'll text you when I'm ready to come home, and he takes off, and I just felt so scared. Fear just washed over me, like, what if I have a panic attack in the middle of the beach, and everyone sees me, and Mitch isn't here to help me, and I have nobody, uh, you know, anxiety, man. It's just racing thoughts. You always jump to the worst. But I decide, you know what? The only way out of it is through it. So I'm going to just deal with it. So I walk down the beach path. I get to the beach. It's beautiful. There's not many people there. I lay down my towel, and I start reading my book, and I'm like, okay. It was a book on positive affirmations, so I'm going to be fine. But I put my book down for a little bit just to look out into the ocean and relax. And my anxiety took over again. And I just kept seeing the world flip upside down. I would literally see the ocean in the sky and the sky in the sand. It wouldn't stop. So I I would close my eyes and be like, no, 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 no. And then I'd open them again and it'd be the same way. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And so I flipped over on my belly to just lay there and put my head down in the sand like, you're fine, you're grounded. I started digging my fingers in the sand just as like a tool for grounding to teach my body that you are on the ground, you are safe, you're not falling. You guys, it was so weird how my brain was operating during this really stressful time. I would picture the earth falling and I would say to Mitch like how do we know the earth's not just gonna drop and we're all gonna sink and we're spinning so fast how do how are we not dizzy Ah, 
I can feel the anxiety right now just thinking of it. And I couldn't even look at a night sky without getting anxiety, thinking about space and how it's infinite and how we're just walking around a floating rock. <laughs> we are not safe. Whew. My mind was on a trip back then. I need some CBD oil now just thinking about it. But that's where I was at when I was, you know, severe anxiety. And now that I'm out of that, thank goodness, I can look back and say that it was because my life was falling apart. My life was so unstable. It was right around the time. It was a month before I quit my corporate job because I was like, something has to change. My entire life is in shambles. My entire life is upside down. So my outer world was simply a reflection of my inner world. Upside down, out of control, unstable. And that's a very extreme example. But a lot of people who, they're just dicks. They're just bitches. They're just assholes. Those are people, when someone's mean and just negative and rude to you, don't take it personally because that is just a reflection of how they feel inside. If someone gets offended by something you said from your heart and meant no harm from, that's just them a reflection of their inside and their insecurity. That's all it is. And the same goes for anxiety. Like my examples, my, my world was just unstable. I just needed to work on me inside. I needed to find peace within me. I needed to understand that I am safe and I'm grounded and I'm stable everywhere I go. Whether it's the Rocky Mountains or the beach, I am fine. So you guys probably want to know how I finally beat that. You know, my birthday rolled around December 6th, a week after Thanksgiving, and we went to Miami. We flew to Miami because we were going to go down to Key West for my birthday. I do it every year. And I thought, okay, this is my break. I'm going to finally be stress-free. And you know what? When we got down there, we had a convertible Audi. It was beautiful. And um, I, I could drive. I drove by myself with no issue. And it's almost like my brain was so programmed by now that that was my normal, was getting anxiety while driving. That I tried to have anxiety while I was driving the overseas highway in the Florida Keys. But I just couldn't. Because I felt so happy and stable. My inside world was bursting with joy to be in my favorite place. My home, I call it. So my outside world reflected that, which was just a girl cruising around in her convertible, blasting music, smiling, laughing. I thought, wow, it really is all in the mind. I laid out on the beach in the Keys. I watched the sun rise. I walked through the water. I swam in the water, and I had no issue. I did not see it flipped upside down in the sky. <laughs> not even close. And it was because my inside world was happy. And I felt safe, and I felt like I was right where I belonged. And then that's the trip where my spirit guide spoke to me and gave me a sign that, yes, it is time to quit your corporate job. You got this. And, you know, someone with, who had just suffered from severe anxiety like I did would never have the courage to quit their job. But the universe delivered multiple shooting stars and multiple 11-11s, especially when I would ask. I mean, I was laying in a hammock one night by myself. I think Mitch was in bed under a palm tree on Big Pine Key, and I said, universe, it's just you and me out here. How are you doing? 
And then I heard the neighbor's wind chimes. I was like, okay, I think I'm ready to quit my corporate job because I'm ready to really step into my light working duties. You've prepared me. I've gone through a lot. And I feel like this last month of severe panic attacks and anxiety is, I feel like this is my last test. So am I ready? Should I do it? When I get home, I was really specific. I said, universe, when I get home, should I quit my job and trust that it's the right decision? And as soon as I asked that, the brightest green, blue shooting star shot across the sky directly in front of me. I was like, I was kind of frozen because, you know, you always expect to receive an answer. But then when you get it, it's like, oh, my God, did you see that? It's real. It's absolutely real. We are the universe. We're made of stardust. So we're just communicating with ourselves when we talk to the universe. But I saw that and then I was like, no way. And I just, out of reflex, I grabbed my phone and it lit up 11, 11 p.m. And I was like, okay, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. And I, the universe spoke to me too and was like, don't ask for a sign and ignore it. AKA, don't go home and say, Mm, that wasn't real that didn't mean anything and not quit so I literally felt held to this promise to the universe to my spirit guides to quit my job and for some reason that one it was really it meant a lot there was a lot of weight on that promise so of course when I got home and logged back into my work and it was like back in my routine I was like I can't leave this how am I going to pay for my bills how am I going to pay for my car I can't do this. this is all I've known this is my comfort zone This is my steady paycheck. This is my nine to five. This is so comfortable. But I was like, don't ignore it. Don't ask for signs and ignore it. So I did. And it hasn't been an easy ride, but look at me. I'm over a year later because I quit January 1st, 2017. And it is now the end of February, 2018. And I'm alive. I've got the most beautiful apartment I've ever had. I live in Colorado, never would have, oh my gosh, if you would have went up to the girl who was freaking out on the beach on Thanksgiving Day and said, hey, it's okay, you're going to live in Colorado someday, she would have been like, what? How? That's, I love to think of those scenarios because whenever I feel trapped or stagnant in life, I'm like, look, look at where you just were a year ago. You have no idea what's in store. Just stay positive, stay spreading love and light and see what comes your way what's meant for you will not pass you by I promise you that and you know what ever since then I quit and then I started my own businesses and I started hustling and doing all these side jobs I could to make money and I did and my anxiety yes it would creep in a little bit but it was never debilitating I could drive again I could hold meetings I got my own, my first client with my health coaching business, and it, it was fantastic. It's absolutely phenomenal. It was the right choice. And then I started writing Thyroid First Aid Kit in March. I look at the manuscript I wrote back then, sitting in our little rundown Charleston townhouse on the beach, and still getting over the waves of severe anxiety I'd had, I had had. And I look at that manuscript and I'm like, wow, I did it. I pushed through anxiety and I did it. Okay, so fixing my inner world helped. Fixing my outside world, like quitting a job that I just knew with every cell in my body was not for me, helped a lot. 
affirmations. Like when I was on the beach, I was reading positive affirmations. Every morning, the best advice I can give you if you struggle with mental health is don't wake up and scroll through social media. Even if all you follow are positive quotes and love and light people and great things, don't do it. For at least an hour, go sit in front of a window and write down positive affirmations. I am healthy. I am not a victim of anxiety. I am pursuing my dreams. I am doing the best I can. Everything is always working out for me. I'm reading my own things that I write. (laughs) But start your morning off with that. Or I sit in front of my window and I listen to peaceful music and I pull a tarot card for the day, communicate with my guides just to know they're there with me throughout the rest of the day. And then Jeff and I go on a beautiful walk around a lake and it's it's adjacent to an old folks uh, community where people with disabilities are assisted living. They live right on the pond, so whenever Jeff and I walk by, they all want to come out and say hello, and we know their names, and we talk, and I just love them so much. I love the elderly. They are so full of positive energy because they know how important it is to just let things go and not worry too much and just enjoy life because it's so short. If there's anyone that knows, it's them. So I love being around their energy. And then I come home, and I make a delicious cup of hot coffee or tea if I'm feeling my anxiety that day because anxiety never goes away and that kind of sucks but at the same time it's I, I kind of like it it kind of forces you to be healthy and drink tea instead of coffee or keep a really clean diet it's it's a gift I think and plus people with anxiety and depression are the most creative people I've ever met because our minds can take us to places that quote regular or healthy people whatever you want to call them people that don't suffer from mental health which I don't know anyone to be honest I don't know a single person they can't go that deep with their minds we feel more so yes pain and scare scary moments and fear we feel that more than the what do I call them average people I don't even want to say that people without mental health issues we feel it more than them but on the flip side we feel joy on a level they can't Our brains can imagine things like me imagining the ocean and the sky and the sky and the sand. Like, if I was a really good drawer, I could draw it out for you and it'd probably be a really beautiful painting. (laughs) Really fucked up painting, but someone would like it. That's the beauty of it. We can tap into creativity and imagination and brainstorming more than someone without mental health issues. And I I love it. So I tell people, I like my anxiety. (laughs) I do makes me creative and I feel more and isn't that what life is all about is feeling it is so don't go on social media for at least an hour to start your day and also at night one hour before you close your eyes and go to sleep do not go on Facebook Instagram Twitter YouTube nothing well wait YouTube I listen to YouTube every night as I fall asleep because I listen to money affirmations and then I play um, chakra balancing frequency music. So that's okay. But social ones, stay off for the love of God. Don't go on them because your brain just needs a break. You need to detox from it. And it, it does not help anxiety at all. If you 
wake up in the morning and scroll through Snapchat or Instagram and Facebook and see someone you envy or something you don't agree with and that upsets you and triggers you, that sets the stage for the rest of your day. Whether you subconsciously know it or not, sets the stage for the rest of your day. And law of attraction, if you start your day off on a bad note, you're going to attract more things that make you feel upset. Please remember that. Chemical imbalance. I think a lot of people, when I jump into the health coach world, a lot of people say, you can't help me, I have a chemical imbalance, which isn't necessarily untrue, but a lot of people just accept that their depression or anxiety is caused from a chemical imbalance of like dopamine in their brain, and I disagree. I think you can definitely get that chemical imbalance, and I've had it before, but what a lot of people don't know is mental health issues stem from the gut. Our gut is our second brain. Think about it. When you get really bad news, are you hungry? You just found out a family member died. Are you going to go eat? No. Your stomach, you can feel it in your gut. That's the emotional aspect of it. But scientifically speaking, Our gut is connected to our brain. So when we have imbalanced gut flora, that's going to affect our brain. Our brain's not going to function as it should. So you have to have a healthy gut. And how do you know if you have a healthy gut? Do you poop every day? You should poop two to three times a day and spend no more than one minute in the bathroom and you shouldn't have to wipe. I know some of you out there who aren't so used to being this open are cringing, but I'm a health coach and this is what I talk to people about. I I love this stuff. It's real. It's raw. It's everybody poops. Everybody pees. Everybody wipes their butt. (laughs) Hee 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 poop. It's just, it's true. And that's how you know if you have a healthy gut is if you poop on a regular basis and if it's a clean poop, your gut's healthy. So your brain's going to be healthy. It's almost a given that if you have anxiety or panic or depression, you don't poop every day. A lot of people with depression, um, they are constipated. I find a lot of people with anxiety and panic, they have a lot of diarrhea or just not healthy poops. But that's how you know. So I recommend taking a probiotic every day. And if you, if you think that your mental health, after hearing this, stems from an unhealthy gut... I mean, this needs its own podcast to discuss, but reach out to me, evolve2health at yahoo.com. That's evolve, number two, health at yahoo.com. And just let me know, and we can set up like an hour consultation to discuss this and what probiotics and what supplements and what foods to incorporate into your diet to help you get your gut under control. It is amazing how different my clients feel after cleaning up their diet. And they're like, wow, I thought this was just genetic. Oh, that's another one, you guys. People think, I have anxiety because my parents did, my grandparents did, and my whole family does. It's just genetic. If you read Thyroid First Aid Kit, then you know it's not just genetic. Genes load the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. I have anxiety and mental health issues on both sides of the family. So I could have said, well, poor me. I just, I got it because my entire family does. No, the gun was loaded when I was born with my genetics. But my lifestyle pulls the trigger. Diet, spirituality, not living my truths and doing what my heart is telling me to do. Just suppressing myself made that anxiety come out. 
also want to point out CBD oil. I think it's making the rounds now and becoming really popular, and there's even some multi-level marketing companies selling it, which kind of sucks because they are sourcing it from Afghanistan, and they're using stems instead of leaves and stalks, and you know, you're not just you're not getting a pure product. I use CBD oil daily to control my anxiety, and I cannot tell you. It, changing my diet helped my anxiety a lot, but it was always there and it would creep out when stressful events happened. CBD oil, I can literally feel it blocking. It's like it, when I first started taking it, I felt like there was a wall in my brain preventing, like I saw the negative thoughts coming in, but there was a wall that said, not so fast, you can't go any further than this. So they wouldn't manifest into my physical reality and turn into panic or fear. It was amazing, and I've been hooked ever since. I take it daily, morning and night, under my tongue. CBD oil is a game changer, and I love the brand Charlotte's Web. I wish I was getting paid to say this, but I'm not. Maybe one day. But Charlotte's Web, they are a brand out here in Colorado, actually. They're right down the road from me. Um, I love them because there's no third parties involved. It's a family-run company. They own the farms. They own the, uh, the distillation process of the oil. They bottle it themselves, and then they sell it. And it's just pure Colorado family-grown hemp turned into CBD oil. And they use all the good parts of the plant that you really need. And, you know, this can be another episode, too, because I'm definitely going to have an episode talking about cannabis not only because it's a medicine that I use in my holistic health practice, but because my husband works in the industry and we are exposed to so many cool things. He's actually at a photo shoot, a photo video shoot at a wonderful grow operation here in Denver. I was going to go, but I wanted to stay and talk to you guys. So here I am. But um, we all have an endocannabinoid system. That's endocannabinoid, E-N-D-O, cannabinoid. And we were taught this in school. Why? I have my speculations, big farmer. <clears throat> but we all have it. So why aren't we taking CBD oil or eating CBD to work with this system? But our endocannabinoid system is directly related to our nervous system. So when you take CBD oil, you are repairing and rewiring your brain, your nervous system, your body. I mean, it's a multivitamin for your body. That's what I call it. Because when I get clients to start out on it, they're like, am I going to get high? Am I going to fail a drug test? And the answer is no and no. You do not feel high. What makes you feel high with marijuana is THC. THC. That's what makes you high, and that's what's in your urine when you fail a drug test. CBD is the other component of cannabis. And that is the one that people shrink tumors with and cure cancer and stop seizures with. CBD, because it repairs and rewires the nervous system and it shrinks cancer cells. It's amazing. <sighs> I know so many people that have cured cancer by going on a raw vegan diet, incorporating very strong CBD oil because there are different levels of strength with CBD, and drinking alkaline water, and they healed themselves. It's beautiful. I see it all the time. But I take a brand called Charlotte's Web, and mine is called Everyday Plus. So there's Everyday, that's level one. Everyday Plus, that's level two, a little bit stronger. And then there's Everyday Advanced, and that's what my brother takes for his seizures. And I've tried it myself, and it really helped me focus because sometimes my mind can be all over the place. 
and it was amazing, but not something I'd want to do every single day. So I stick with <clears throat> everyday plus. In morning and at night, I put a dropper full of the oil under my tongue, let it sit for a minute, and then I'm good. Every day. And the key with seeing long-lasting results with anxiety and depression is you have to take it every single day. So many people take it for about a week, and they're like, wow, I feel 100%. That was awesome. And then they stop taking it. And then it comes right back because your body needs time to repair and rewire. Think of how long it took your nervous system to get that damaged for you to have anxiety and depression, you know? You got to give it time. So take it continuously to see long-lasting results. You know what? There's St. John's wort, too. I'm looking at my notes here. St. John's wort. That You can get that as a tincture. Probably get it on Amazon. But St. John's wort is very good for depression. So if you don't have anxiety and you just really struggle from depression, oh, I've had that before, too, where you just don't feel motivated to do anything. First of all, know that it's the dark cloud is over you and you feel hopeless, but you've already taken a step to healing by tuning into this podcast. So you are making strides and progress. St. John's wort tincture. Incorporate that into your diet every single day. Mix with CBD oil and a clean diet, and I have high hopes that you will cure depression. Not put a mask on it with pharmaceutical pills. You will cure it. And just remember, guys, emotions pass. They're not here to stay. One of my favorite counselors said, you know, negative emotions are going to arise no matter how positive and love and light you are. There's always going to be down times. Acknowledge them. Just don't invite them in for tea. I love that. Don't invite them in for tea. So whenever I get down, I acknowledge that I feel down. But I remind myself that it's not going to last. And I have pictures all over my apartment of happy times and travel times. And I thought, you know what? You've had awful times before that. You probably never knew that these happy days were ahead of you. And it's just a really nice reminder that these bad times pass. And nothing is permanent unless you want it to be. You have the power to control everything. Nature. Last thing on my list here. Nature cures. A huge part of controlling my anxiety when I lived in the Carolinas was daily hikes in the woods or on the beach. I mean, some days I would be so down and so low that I was like, fuck this. I don't want to go out in the woods. I don't feel like walking. I just want to lay here and scroll through my phone or watch Netflix or just lay here and eat. But I, I would force myself. I was like, you have, this is your, I looked at it as a therapy session, as an appointment that I had to show up. So sometimes I'd show up and just drag my feet, but something happens 15 minutes into a hike, into a walk. It doesn't have to be the hike of a mountain or anything. It just be a walk in the woods or on the beach. Something clicks, something shifts. 15 minutes is all it takes, sometimes 10. Something shifts and you start releasing and you start feeling better and you start absorbing all the negative ions that come with being out in nature and you feel so much better. You feel lighter. You feel happy. And I'm not going to get into the science behind why because that shit bores me. (laughs) But just do it. 
I mean, I live in the heart of the damn city right now, and I don't know why. I'm still working on following my truth. But I find this little pond, like I told you about, that's in the middle of an assisted living area. But it's a pond, and I can see birds, and I can touch grass, and I can see dirt. And it's, you know, it's away from the concrete and the roads. And I feel so much better sitting on that bench in the sunshine. Oh, it's wonderful. Find that. It's around you. You can find it even if you live in a loft in the middle of a soto sopa like me. You'll only understand that if you're a South Park fan. <laughs> You'll find your nature. Okay, guys, this podcast is really long. And it's funny because when I started it, I was like, oh, I'm going to make this week short. I don't really have much to say. But here we are. It's over an hour. Um, thank you for tuning in and thank you for listening all the way to the end. I try to keep them short because I know we've all got so much going on, so much to do. So if you're listening to me, thank you so, so much. I hope these podcasts are helping you find the love, find the light, see the bright side and chase your dreams. Go after what your heart is telling you to. Don't let your brain talk you into logic too much to prevent you from living your authentic truth. We need you to be doing what you love to be doing and what you're here to be doing. It's time. I wish I could say it was 4.44, but it's 4.04 when I'm wrapping this up. So, Well, we're out of here, Jeffrey. We're going to go walk outside in nature because I've been inside way too long. That's another thing. A lot of times we sit at our desk or we sit and scroll through social media. We just we don't move our bodies. Just moving your body, even if you're just doing chores around the house. Move your body because you you will get very stagnant energy if you just sit all day. And you will literally you'll physically, emotionally, spiritually feel it. You will feel stagnant and groggy and blah low. I cannot tell you how, stand up and do 10 jumping jacks. Just move your body. Get that energy moving. You'll feel so much better. Okay, guys, there's so much more to talk about with mental health, but I hope my story gave you some inspiration and motivation about anxiety and depression. And if you have any questions about it at all, next to thyroid disorders, mental health is my specialty because I felt it and I've cured it and I've helped so many other people get over it as well. So email me, evolve2health at yahoo.com. Evolve, the number two, health at yahoo.com. It's only $25 for an entire hour with me, and we will go over an entire plan, and you'll leave with a list of supplements, the best diet for you, and just talking to a third party about it will really make you feel better and lighter. Okay? Evolve2health.com if you're ready to book your session, and you know how to reach me. So... You guys, happy March, because some of you are going to be listening to this on March 1st. I'm so excited for spring. What a time of renewal, renewing the spirit. I will see you guys next week. Bye. Do you want to know what enlightenment is? Thank you.